Hello and welcome to the podcast, What is the Future of Education? Your host today is Felipe Sanchez, who is an educational psychologist and a doctoral candidate in the Department of Educational Research at Lancaster University. His research explores learning theories and teaching experiences focusing on emotions, art-based methodologies and poetic inquiry. Welcome everybody, um, happy to have you here. Today we're speaking with Christian Bankov from New Bulgarian University. Today we'll be speaking from the book The Digital Mind, Semiotic Explorations in Digital Culture from Christian, uh, which is a great book, a great read, very highly recommended. And we'll try to see the links between that book and Christian work with the futures of education. So any introduction in any first words, Christian, please. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, Felipe. I'm very glad to take part in this conversation. Uh, writing this book uh, partly was inspired by my experience as a university professor because um, I belong to that part of uh, contemporary researchers who find that digital culture uh, brings deep change into the way culture works. And I'm in this quality a bit in opposition to maybe the majority of uh, my colleagues with uh, much more conservative views uh, who does not acknowledge the digital culture as a, you know, a breaking point in the way education and culture works. Um, that's why I try to develop various points, understanding what are deep uh, roots and the DNA of this uh, digital culture. And um, definitely one of the major um, fields of change is um, education. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in your book, you outline in different chapters, different kind of issues, maybe one of the uh, most interesting bits for education is when you talk about Google and search engines and how they contribute to our thinking. So um, would you mind just briefly talking about some of the main concepts of, of that chapter or just to kind of situate ourselves? Sure, sure. When I uh, started this work, um, it was an obvious opposition between two cultures. And these two cultures were on the two sides of the educational process. So already, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, this um, trend of our students developing new cognitive habits was at stake. I call this then culture of navigation. And uh, my point was that uh, the modern Western university, as it has been established by uh, Wilhelm von Humboldt in Berlin in the 19th century, 
uh, the way the concept of this university was based on on the text on the written monument of culture university was considered as the the cream of society the university was responsible for creating and promoting the nation state and this mission was based on written fundamental texts and the output of the work of this elite was textual work this was the creation of fundamental works in the language and in the national language and in the national culture so when we speak about text and if we look back to the whole semiotic tradition it its utmost methodological perfection has always been focused on the text and the text is a fixation fixation of discourse into a written form and this fixation this monumental statute of culture has been the ground for the modern university whereas after the advent of this digital age after the advent of the uh, computer technology interfering into the any aspect of our everyday life already this fixation does not grasp the essence of the process of knowledge transfer now uh, the new let's say um, the new modus is the interactivity interactivity transforms the computer communication in such a efficient uh, medium and it made possible for computers to substitute all other conventional or not to substitute them entirely but definitely to monopolize our communicational landscape so uh, my theoretical point in uh, understanding what is going on in education today was this opposition between the culture of erudition the culture of the monumental text the culture of uh, this uh, highbrows uh, people with extremely vast encyclopedic knowledge which was the model for the professor of the uh, let's say golden age of the modern university the knowing professor the professor uh, living encyclopedia the expertise based on a huge amount of knowledge and today it's not working this way anymore the the competence the uh, statute of being more prepared more uh, knowledgeable than than the other is somehow not anymore the case of encyclopedia because the in these interactive technologies made available the knowledge on the you know one click distance and once the uh, there is kind of uh, devaluation inflation of knowledge we have it now everywhere accessible from any point the university is not anymore the temple of knowledge the library the gate to be wise and to be uh, you know fully uh, prepared so now that this availability uh, of knowledge of information of uh, all books uh, in the world in one click um, distance uh, transformed the cognitive attitude towards 
knowledge and the cognitive attitude in this new generation towards um, what they receive when they go at the university and i try to formulate this uh, uh, diverse opposing attitude as cultural navigation and these observations which when i started i was not aware of but afterwards i found out uh, laboratory uh, evidence people started to um, examine the transformations into the cognitive habits of uh, Google users and search engine users and uh, the results were more or less those when our let's say mind is um, informed of the way how to find a given information it automatically deletes this information there is a kind of uh, psychological economy which runs our cognitive behavior and this let's say unconscious this uh, kind of uh, primordial economy uh, saves the effort of remembering as soon as you know the path to find the information so the mind immediately fixes the procedure the navigation steps to get that information and arises this information and this culture of navigation is something quite uh, in contradiction with the very foundation of the university education that's why now there are so many reforms transforming uh, the knowledge or asking the higher education institutions to transform the knowledge provision into a skill training skills training but uh, the foundation of the university uh, and the institutional functioning of the university the way the careers of the university professor goes it requires certain let's say uh, phases which are not compatible with this new interactive dynamic navigational attitude in a way we need a deep transformation not only just changing what the professor says so building up on that how do you think this could affect the future of education <laughs> this is a good question and um, i'm sure many individuals and institutions bet on it how it will go and uh, i somehow missed to say that my perspective is on my observations in the western universities i had a teaching experience in china in korea I mean, in many Asian and Latin American countries, and actually, there the attitudes are much more in, let's say, the direction of this, let's say, classical university institution. But in uh, this Western, let's say, most advanced, at least economically and socio-economically realities. Uh, 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 there are already evident uh, trends in where it goes and um, I won't dare to design any, uh, let's say, concrete picture of how the education of the future would work because my semiotic background uh, 
warns me that uh, um, creativity and communication are uh, uh, such a dynamic, uh, let's say, uh, process, social process, that uh, there is a huge level of unpredictability. Nevertheless, uh, especially after the pandemic, uh, uh, we experienced these uh, techniques of distant teaching. Again, this is something completely uh, in contradiction with the Humboldtian idea of the university as the temple of knowledge, with uh, professor and students which are in a close, uh, let's say, a situation of exchange, where uh, the professor influences in a very direct way, in interactive way, but there in physical presence. Distant learning is, I mean, distant learning, using uh, technologies to um, organize teaching uh, without physical presence of students and teachers has been extremely successful from pragmatical points of view. I cannot uh, say anything about the outcomes as a, um, let's say, learning efficiency of this, but I'm sure, and this is already proved also by the polls with our students, that they are extremely happy of this new form. But uh, if we consider from the point of view of our students, uh, it's normal to be like that because um, these cognitive attitudes which the whole uh, interactive culture creates uh, does not uh, presuppose that your whole attention is focused for one and a half hours in one single thing. So even now when they come to physic physically at the hour, they are always on their phones, on their laptops, they stop chat on the laptop and, or on the phone and let's say listen 10 minutes, but then cannot be last for, for more than that. And you see, when the, the process was entirely uh, exported uh, with distance learning techniques, uh, everybody were happy. Everybody were happy. I don't know, some... Um, I mean, everybody were happy because uh, students had always the feeling that they get what they need to get because this is the new attitude. There was no this uh, worship for the professor as it used to be once. It is now a pragmatic attitude. What can I get from this course? Oh, I will get what I want because there are all the teaching materials there. Okay, the guy will tell me some uh, interesting thing during the lecture, but why I should go, I don't know, 10 kilometers from home to, home to do that. So, future of education will be definitely, uh, we will never return to the pre-pandemic, uh, let's say, levels of uh, presence of the students in, in the universities. And um, another thing is that um, we use more and more platforms for whatever exchange of social value. So also education has been uh, moved onto uh, platforms like Moodle or Analogous. Uh, and these platforms are already uh, run by more or less, um, let's say, uh, influence of the artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence will play a major role in the future of uh, education because it uh, helps to meet 
demand and supply of whatever and knowledge is one of the let's say um, entities which are exchanged and uh, when uh, our education uh, copies the social networks and uh, transforms the educational process into a platform intermediated process then um, consciously or unconsciously we adopt the rules the new grammar the new etiquette of this kind of communication so artificial intelligence will interfere and this is another strike on the Humboldtian ideal artificial intelligence why aren't the professors the more the most intelligent ones as it used to be the plan of this modern university no they are not they are not anymore with the monopoly of knowledge they or we are not anymore um, required to be uh, listened and followed and uh, respected with these extreme levels which it used to be when the university was founded so many of these pillars of the classical university which are inertia it's still uh, present today uh, reduce the, the, the influence so the artificial intelligence makes everything easier for both sides and making easier is exactly the opposite of what the real building the educational formation as imagined by these enlightened people was supposed to work it's not anymore the case when marketing and uh, artificial intelligence are supporting certain process of exchange and make it easier we are already in a logic uh, opposite to the uh, let's say this romantic idea of uh, education which was uh, in the ground of the conception of the modern university so from your book i i see i understand that the idea of this culture of erudition right that um where the the person not only uh, understands or let's say possesses knowledge right but also has a sort of structure it they have a sort of uh coherence uh coherent understanding and and structure like understanding you talk about a tree in the sense of understanding in um in a context with particular relationships whereas in the current position from Google search engines, right, etc. This idea of culture uh, of culture of navigation turns this structured structured knowledge into more or less scattered information that Google predicts, right? They they understand, they know, they have developed the software so that they can help us understand quicker what we want to understand but in a piece in a small scat scatters of uh, knowledge actually uh, this is a crucial point knowledge nowadays available everywhere is consumed the culture of erudition was quite the other way it, 
the reader, the student, the cultivated person of this, uh, let's say, uh, attitude was the one uh, whose big picture was every time in 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 his her memory you know when you carry on the big picture the erudition this means that um, your interpretative potential is actually always present with you and uh, as umberto eco uh, he's my let's say the person who influenced most my thinking i think my professor in bologna uh, he wrote uh, many texts, uh, critical texts, from a conservative point uh, of view, uh, criticizing digital culture. So he made this metaphor in a paper formulated as a letter to his grandson. He said, listen, my grandson, if you read books, if you use your memory, if you remember facts, if you are interested in history, uh, while uh, knowing new things, you will leave 5,000 times because you will live the life of incredible characters and in fictional world because all this is on your mind and if you're just a passive consumer of information and if you just go to pick whatever you need ad hoc in the present moment and if you don't keep this big picture in your mind in your memory in your culture then you will just enjoy the present you will live only one life and this life will be full of eph ephemeral experiences but this is not living five thousand lives because only those who read who are immersed through their fantasy not through their senses this is the, the, uh, the big difference between the navigation and the erudition with the erudition uh, your tools of uh, let's say your existential potential apparently it's much more intensive rather than this uh, experiential attitude and very pragmatic when it comes to um when it comes to knowledge it is quite interesting because in the book you mentioned this idea of learning to remember and now in education remembering is such a traveling word, right? Such a traveling concept because you don't want students to remember. They want, you want students to learn and there's kind of a conceptual difference between remembering something and learning something. But here, the idea of remembering is not about kind of collecting facts because in, in, a, in, in a sense, if you want people to collect facts, you're not doing any different of a job than the internet, right, than Google. It's remembering in a different sense, right? It's like learning to do other stuff, learn to do what Google does. Remembering, um, again, I use this word, uh, an existential, let's say, quality if, of knowing a lot of things. Just remembering facts, yeah, computer substitutes this boring necessity very efficiently. but keeping the whole picture for instance of uh, the history of one country and especially if this is not your country this is uh, a value this is already a civil um, acquisition a civil um, 
benefit because if people keep in their minds uh, the story of given country as a narrative, as uh, uh, represented by great authors or historians, but people who put everything together into the big picture, this makes you much less, um, let's say, subject to populist manipulations, for instance, you know. Well, the populists, they have the interest of uh, an audience which is not provided with erudition and culture because uh, it's very easy to an audience without uh, erudition and culture to narrate stories like uh, the world is made of good and bad ones. We are the good ones and the other are the bad ones. And these kind of discourses nowadays, unfortunately, are extremely efficient exactly because this. So it's um, the issue is ethical and existential, not any more uh, question of uh, you know quantity of knowledge. So let's let's talk about the sites, right? Let's talk about the apps, the sites, the websites. Um, because you do some extensive work in your book about different sites and different softwares and applications and stuff like that. Um, how do you see this? things, these artifacts, uh, in raising questions or contributing to our thinking about the future of education? They are extremely influential because uh, apps and platforms are um, occupying uh, bigger and bigger uh, shares of our free time and definitely uh, apps and platforms are shaping our cognitive habits and then when it comes to education which in a way is a marginal in this logic of uh, let's say acquisition of behaviors needs to copy the already acquired cognitive habits so apps are run by artificial intelligence and algorithms which are both uh, oriented to make the life easier and to make the platforms uh, profitable. So uh, uh, my whole analysis of this trend of these new cognitive habits uh, determined and imposed by the platforms is uh, uh, called the commercial core of the digital semiosphere. I'm analyzing with semiotic tools the commercial core because in the core of algorithms and artificial intelligence there is always a rational uh, pursuit of profit and other assets like elector electoral, uh, let's say, consensus and uh, traffic and everything which can at the end be capitalized into economic value. So education, uh, willing or not willing it, is entering into this logic of uh, the commercial core uh, of digital culture. And uh, the future uh, will more and more, according to me, catalyze uh, and affirm more profitable solutions and will, in a way, silence and uh, reduce uh, those, let's say, more idealistic, more 
romantic or uh, let's say uh, non-profit oriented uh, attitudes towards knowledge i mean this is not something which uh, we take conscious decisions to do or not to do but once you take the benefits of a platform for uh, educational reasons already these platforms bring you into a regime of a cognitive interaction which is compromised by the digital core of uh, algorithms and profit-oriented exchanges you see how these different technologies could uh, articulate with the future of education but if you had the power to change something in education towards the future that you envision why would that be well if I had the power, uh, I would definitely brand education as the opposition of entertainment, as the opposition of, uh, I mean, not the opposition in a, a way of resistance and combating, but uh, those who choose education in a way, I mean, university education. Again, let's emphasize this because education is everything which provides knowledge and skills and now companies are extremely efficient to provide their own education but when it comes to university education me as a representative of social sciences and humanities i would love students who come and does not expect anything like the entertainment and marketing reality uh, which surrounds us and which dominates the rest of our lives in a way it's a you know we provide luxury to make someone study philosophy today is in a way and not because philosophy has changed you know what has changed the value of our free time rise the entertaining industry the incredible um, development of the market and the opportunity that we buy things and experiences from every part of the world in every moment all this let's say commercial context raised the value and even measurable in monetary uh, let's say uh, monetary expression our free time now is much more expensive so when we decide to study philosophy or to study any other humanities this is already uh, a, a luxury and i'm really not comfortable with students who expect to entertain themselves with semiotics and to make it to prove that what i'm teaching to them is useful because the context nowadays with all this trend to provide skills and to provide working uh, competitiveness during the, the the school which is the whole politics especially in europe to uh, you know make university useful for economy all this uh, bring us to do something which is contradictory to the core content we can provide to the students so if i can change university in its classical form should be preserved as a luxury as uh, the place where spiritual growth and uh, self-fulfillment and things which are non-practical and which are existential will develop
and we don't have to justify our work and to make a, a mimicry that we provide something useful and something uh, uh, job, uh, let's say, profitable. So let's put this into day-to-day -day things, right, for the audience out there. How can we do this? How do you think we can do this? And, and again, in relationship to your book that this uh, digital culture is a culture, right? It's everywhere. We need to rebrand education and then to um, leave this STEM trend of education, which is science, technology and mathematics. And definitely there, uh, we have not touched yet in our conversation, the uh, scientific education, which is something different and has nothing against this. But the crisis of humanities and social sciences, which is obvious today and which is not uh, by any means um, uh, let's say helped by uh, the institutional policies uh, it should somehow i think we provide value but this value cannot be inscribed in this mainstream new liberal conception of the university so liberal arts university rebranded as spiritual luxury perfect perfect um christian what's what's in it for you next what what do you plan to do next well i think um we have a huge uh, let's say trend and uh, innovation in how um, the cultural industries work and i would put the level of video games and gamification at large which now is the outcome of the processes we have uh, commented so far and um, education will definitely be subject to this uh, uh, process this is the next step of interactivity gamification uh, is also economization of our uh, social interactions and uh, this is definitely an issue of concern but the model comes from the video games if we get deeper into the logic the um, let's say uh, narrative structure of uh, how video games unfold as a story we can grasp some uh, important principles which can help uh, afterwards uh, understand the overall arrangement of the social relations uh, at large. Video games is such an interesting thing because it's a multi-billion market and yeah and education and companies follow that it is a cultural principle before it is a business before it is a trend which consciously is pursued by companies and institutions gamification according to my analysis is also economization of every aspect of our uh, everyday behavior and uh, that's why i think uh, uh, this trend is worthwhile being studied and understood in depth it it really ties into what you were saying before because if you think about it um gamification in companies is really trying to make learning entertainment because otherwise the 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 principle behind it is that your workers won't uh engage in learning again unless you make it fun right 
on one hand this is the let's say bad side the dark side is that is gamification is also an extremely efficient approach to control and to exploit and to uh, make more efficient the um, time management of, of employees because uh, you know how many dystopian movies uh, treat this issue and see the future of the totalitarian societies as a game the society organized as a uh, game in which everybody participate this is control not only fun yeah absolutely so just as a wrap up for today's conversation um what would be your education futures message to our listeners education's future message well people um, quality of life is not only what market and uh, entertainment provides um, quality of life is uh, has its uh, spiritual dimension uh, which is the responsibility of which is much more to the subject rather than to let you uh, go and follow what uh, the pressure from outside comes uh, to you so uh, stand for your let's say spiritual growth contrary to the neoliberal system which uh, wants you to be the perfect consumer the perfect uh, electorate and the perfect worker well thank you very much uh christian and again just to reiterate uh the book the digital mind semiotic explorations in digital culture is just a marvelous read uh it helps it pushes us to build coherence to reflect uh, upon this new age of Google search engines, uh, artificial intelligence, not in a pessimistic way necessarily, but I would say, I don't know if you agree with me, Christian, but I would say it's rather optimistic in the sense that it's just kind of being more conscious of what is happening and what we can do about it that brings to this idea of reflecting and building and slow pace thinking right so yeah so just thank you for the book thank you for your time uh and to your to our listeners thank you for your time as well we understand that uh <laughs> we are talking about go live your life and that yet you're here listening to a podcast <laughs> thank you you're very welcome thank you christian again